It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. They're America's team. So he is uh, violating the sportsmanship policy of the Big Ten, Chad. He's suspended for three games, and um, it's all because he was, what, overseeing Connor Stallions, who was um, scouting on the road and stealing signs. And now we have Harbaugh, who's stealing the mantra of the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. It's like the uh, New York Yankees uh, post 9-11. That's the Michigan Wolverines. America just really rooting for them. Everybody's united behind Michigan who got caught in a cheating scam. Hey, I, I think a lot of people were behind the Yankees, though, in that case. This is... Oh, this, I'm, that's this sarcasm. Is, this, I, know, this, I know. This is convincing. Oh, I thought you were serious. This no. is convincing the, the roster. And you know they're all going to buy into it. Well, and, and, yeah, and, and but I mean, going, it's and also... And uh, it's going to be fun to follow. Even if you hate it, it's going to be fun to follow because this is college football at its finest. Yeah, it's but look, it's fun. I mean, it's great for Michigan, you know, players and they can you know buy into this lie all that they want I think it's important for everyone else to point out the absurdity of all of this and what Jim Harbaugh is saying and how Michigan coaches are treating it like a death well when they talk about them not I mean goodness gracious bizarre by it is it is all very very bizarre and and over the top uh Jim Harbaugh is an emotional guy always has been that way uh the bottom line is no one's stopping them I said last week, Penn State's got a chance at home to do something about it. They did nothing in that game. Now it's they're going to beat Maryland regardless. Now it's on Ohio State. Ohio State, if you believe reports and what Michigan thinks about it, they had a big hand in turning them in with evidence. So they tried to stop them that way. Hasn't worked so far. Can they stop them on the field? That's now the big question. And then the other big news uh, from the weekend, Jimbo Fisher fired as the head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies and the man who broke the story. We're not surprised. Not surprised We're at not all. surprised. He is the man in Aggieland. Billy Lucci joins us, the uh, co-founder, co-owner of TexAgs.com. Billy, always great to have you on, man. Thank you for the time today. Uh, you've been doing a lot of these. Thanks for finding us time. Oh, you know it, guys. Anytime. I love doing it with y'all. You know that. So, and, and, Y'all are always the first to reciprocate. Reciprocate. No doubt. I can't even anymore today. It's. I'm surprised I have a voice. Well, I, I, at the very end, I want to get a Metallica story for you that I've that I know uh, I can set you up for. But Chad, let, let's okay. dive in on this entire process with. <laughs> yeah, let's. I guess let's first let's kind of just shut the door on on the the Jimbo Fisher era. Billy, when did they know that that it was over for Jimbo Fisher? It obviously wasn't just right after a 51 to 13 win over Mississippi State. When do you think that the door was finally shut for him and his future at A&M? Obviously, you know, well, you know, it was Thursday during the Regents meeting. Uh, but I think what really got that thing going and rolling, uh, kind of where it picked up unstoppable momentum, let's say, was when they lost in Oxford. You know, not this Saturday, but this Saturday prior. You know, that 30... 38-35 loss, A&M attempting a game-tying field goal at the end, makeable field goal, 
one old miss guy's got a fingertip on it when that fell short i think i think jimbo's tenure essentially came to an end it wasn't a sure thing because they did meet to discuss but had, had he won that game fellas we ain't having this conversation he's 5 and 2 in the league right now with a backup qb should it come down to that no did it come down to that we all know that's not true but uh, I think I was talking with T-Bob this morning. He said, you know, was it one specific thing or death by a thousand cuts? But fine, that, that was the thousandth cut, right? Yeah. Uh, that, but, but that game and, and losing to Mississippi or Mississippi State for the fifth time in a row, obviously they snapped that Saturday night. Losing, going 0-3 against Lane Kiffin with as much as he was doing this. Uh, and also making the point time and time again that A&M was doing less with more. And I think sometimes, you know, there's that stings when there's a little too much truth to it. And people were fed up. People were fed up. And, and it was hard if you wanted to go on that side of like, how about one more year because of the contract? Um, some of those numbers on the other side were just getting too a little too insurmountable. They were getting a little too significant uh, to overlook and to, to kind of try to argue with. Billy Lucci, our guest, as connected as anyone uh, with, uh, with the Aggies. And you know, I've, I've said over the weekend, Billy, if you think that, you're, that they're burning money now in the buyout, and, and if you know that what they made the decision last Thursday officially, uh, then made it official to everyone, what, Sunday. But if you know... Yep. If you know that he's, if you're burning money either way, which they would have believed, if you know, make the decision now. And I'm, where I come down on this, do they know who they want? Like Scott Woodward knew. Uh, yeah, they, 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 they had a, a resume that they were looking for, and Jimbo Fisher was their guy. Bjork, mm -hmm. what, what, is the, what is the focus of uh, just the, the comparisons of the two and maybe the, the overall description of the coach they want? Completely different. They do not have a guy. And I don't say that like, I love having a guy and being able to go get him. Having that guy didn't work for AM. And it's, it's a fun time for me on Twitter because I get to see all these Longhorns tripping over themselves to, uh, you know, they're trying to go old takes exposed. Like that's going to like uh, end me somehow. I think it's funny. Like I'd, I'd love it. You are actually. uncancelable, Billy Lucci. They, can't, they yeah, cannot give, cancel give you. Give me the the all the attention that you guys give, and uh, and most of them, by the way, are awesome. It's just great yeah. back and forth. But the reality is, I said a lot of really good things about Jimbo Fisher, and you know why? I thought it was a hell of a damn hire. The only thing I was you know wrong about, and A and M was wrong about, and which is way more important because they spent the money and they've got to figure. When you extend, there's absolutely no reason to go with the guaranteed money. Um, you know, because you never know how it's going to go, no matter how good you think it's going at a certain point in time, but hiring him wasn't a bad thing. Paying him what they did when they hired him wasn't a bad thing. Ray's extension, not a bad thing. Uh, he got A&M closer than they'd ever been. A&M finished top four won a New Year's Six Bowl, and they were the following year ranked in the top, I think they were 10 or 11 with two games to play the following season. And then kind of the wheels came off. 
started with a loss in Oxford, you know, ironically enough. But I think I don't think, guys, that there is a type cast for this thing. I don't think there's a specific type. I think it, right now, if you've thrown out names like Lanning and DeBoer and, you know, these guys who are like the most coveted names, you know, young coaches and sport, I, I think I wouldn't expect them to go that high. I don't think they have any interest in Lane Kiffin. I've heard the opposite this morning on TV and stuff. I don't believe that. Um, you know, you're going to hear the name Dion Kiffin. You're going to hear, you know, I don't, Mark Stoops, these guys that are going to cost eight, nine million plus that either haven't done anything really, but have, you know, you would just be going, oh, imagine what they could do here. I get all that, but I don't think they pick out of that realm. I think they either go sky high where you're going, somebody just stepped up and said, here's your check. That's the buyout. You guys go from here or more likely. I think you see them go with, I hate to use this word because it just sends a message of we've just given up or something. It's not at all the truth, but a more practical, I would say like compare it to more of like teams hiring guys on the up, you know, like Oregon's hire of landing, like, you know, you look at people like, like what Florida did with Napier, even though that, you know, that didn't work out. Something along those lines. So you look at guys like Elko at Duke, you know, the former AMDC. You look at Trailer at UTSA. And I'm not saying there's going to be a wide pool. I could see them hiring a $5 million coach. I could see them hiring a $10 million with a $20 million buyout. I think that's a lot less likely. I think you're going to see Ross. I think Ross Bjork and a couple of the decision makers by nature are more of, hey, it can be done this way. It doesn't have to always be this way. Uh, like Texas actually did with Sark. Like A&M did with Kevin Sumlin. You know, th there are other ways to do it, and I think that's more likely. But I, you, you've got to understand the money that, not A&M at this point. I think if it's just A&M, they're going to go, hey, we're not going to go spend a kajillion dollars after spending a a bazillion to get rid of Jimbo. Um, but there are a few individuals that might go, why not? Like, if this is the guy that can win a championship, then we're hiring him. And AM still does have that uh, bullet in the chamber if they need it. So the way I, the way I hear this is there, there doesn't seem to be an obvious first call. Um, no. Okay, and, and, so there could be, there absolutely could be another Brian Kelly version where everyone's like, wow, they just pulled this guy away from this, this program or the NFL. And you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bringing up Dan Campbell because that's another yeah. link to Texas A&M who you know very well. Uh, you haven't mentioned his name yet. Is he in the mix for the gig? Uh, I think A&M would absolutely reach out just to, to gauge interest. I think. I don't know if it's out of the question they'd gauge interest in someone like Aaron Glenn, his defensive coordinator, who he's going to be an NFL head coach in a year or two. Um, but I think in terms of Dan, he's got something special, as we all know, brewing in Detroit. What they're doing there, that franchise, that city, 
it's it's pretty magical. It wouldn't shock you if they went to a Super Bowl this year. I would think about that right. state. You're right. Like, and Dan is the most loyal person that I know. And I said person like everyone I've met in my life, there's no one more loyal than Dan Campbell. He interviewed for multiple NFL jobs and Detroit and that ownership, and they gave him his shot. He will be – I just th- – I think I could see Dan Campbell being the next coach at Texas A&M. And whether that's, you know, three years from now, I, I don't know. But uh, this one, I've learned in this business to never say never. But I, that one would that one would fall into the I think the extreme long shot category. I think he's he he could not be happier there. Just like there, they could not be happier with him. And Billy kind of going the opposite. He's got real perspective too. Sorry, he's oh, got good. real perspective too of just kind of understanding the situation and, and how good he has it versus an unknown, even if that's at home. And by the way, I think he would absolutely crush it with no college football experience. It, that doesn't matter, and it matters so much less now with the NIL portal, salary cap, everything, unlimited, you know, staffers you can add, the whole deal. So and cash flow so, there, Jeff. Well, and that's what yeah. I want to get into, Billy, is um, you know, going the opposite direction of Jimbo Fisher, to me, uh, some of that has to do with contract, right, and, and not having that enormously expensive buyout for a coach that, that didn't get the job done on the field. And something that A&M has to sell to any coach out there is – hey, we're going to pay you a good salary, but the buyout's not going to be insane. But, oh, by the way, we have all of these resources. We have this NIL program set up. You're going to be able to go out and get top-notch players every single year, and you're going to be able to succeed with those players. Is that going to be a big part of the sales pitch, whether it be to Kalen DeBoer or Jeff Trailer or Mike Elko or whoever the next head coach is? Yeah, I think absolutely. That's what you're going to see is them go and say, we got a war chest here, but that's why it's also important to make an exciting hire. You got to excite the donors. You got to excite the people they're going to meet and and talk about NIL and how important it is to to stay at the forefront, but really to to move up the pecking order. To to you know, hey, we're hiring this new guy. We really can get this thing you know started overnight with the right portal guys, with the right money for that to keep. X, Y, and Z player on the roster that we've determined we cannot afford to lose. You, you, you better hire a guy that can not only excite those donors and the fans alike it, it just by his name, his pedigree, or, or what he's accomplished, even if it's in a smaller place, but he also better have that recruiter's mentality to not only walk in here day one and keep these players on this roster – but also to excite and encourage the people that are deciding how much they want to donate, uh, you know, in terms of resources for the new head coach. Because if a guy can come in here and keep the majority of these players and add a few by way of the portal, you could have a head coach that walks out there next season with no Bama on the roster, no Georgia, and you play Notre Dame, LSU, and Texas at home and, and Florida and Auburn on the road, and you're looking at it going, Find me a team with more talent than us. It, it, by this time next year, depending on who Texas keeps, they might have a, a more talented starting 22. That is a big might. If AM keeps everyone and Texas keeps their guys, I, I, they walk out there and I think that game could be a monster Thanksgiving weekend uh, with 
two of the four most talented teams in the SEC, maybe five. You, you throw LSU in there, obviously. Billy Lucci has been our guest. I'm saving the Metallica story for our next visit because it'll be soon with this process. I got a good one for you, too. I, 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 oh, I, got a, I got a new one for you guys. It doesn't involve them, but you'll get a real kick out of it. In, in, in 10 seconds here, seriously, uh, is, is Jimbo retired? I don't think so. Oh, the ego. I, the yeah. ego. Billy, you're he's the man. A, and he's a ball coach, right? Like, that's I, what they that's do. That's right. That's right. And you're the best at what you do. Thanks Billy. so much for doing this, Billy. We know you're uh, busy today, Get buddy. back to Nashville soon, man. Thank yes. you. Yeah, seriously. We need to do that. Don't Billy wait on the Metallica you. concert the in Nashville man. either. Just come for no reason at all other than to hang out with us. Thank you, Billy. Uh, see y'all. Billy Lucci, Alpha. We give our Alphas and Betas of the Weekend next right here on Hot Mike with Honey Withrow. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sixth and Peabody, our location, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. How's the how's the chat today on uh, YouTube? Fiery. People are um, they like to argue about warriors? Jim Harbaugh and keyboard warriors. Or, uh... Yeah, no one's come after me yet. Just give it time. Someone's gonna fire me up. Someone's gonna say something that makes me mad. It'll happen. Coming up, uh, we, we've but got I love everyone in there so far. Alphas and betas of the weekend, and uh, plenty to choose from this weekend uh, across college football and the NFL. And uh, Chad, it's time to step up your game, and not yours if you've already done this. But <laughs> if you're out there and you haven't done uh, the alpha move with Manscape, Chad's got you covered here. You know, Hutton, I've always been searching for a way to spice up my Thanksgiving. I don't know about you. If Same. you're out there Same. and you're ready to spice up your Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, you know, you're getting ready to dive headfirst into a mountain of mashed potatoes and gravy and cranberry sauce and all that. It's time to talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on your old razor and go with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit manscaped.com and use code HOTMIKE for 20% off and free shipping and enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOTMIKE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code HOTMIKE, all one word, H-O-T-M-I-C, for the spelling impaired out there. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. <laughs> and Hutton, your balls will thank you. Oh, they will. They will. will. Just know that. And that you can all thank Chad Withrow as well. And spice up your Thanksgiving. 20% off with the code what? Hot Mike. Hot Mike. H-O-T-M-I-C. Spice up your Thanksgiving. I've always said Thanksgiving needs to be spicier. This is how you do it. Chad, on Friday, I mentioned that going into the season this year, or on Thursday, rather, you were here Thursday, that Josh Heupel, if you, if you said, hey, circle one game that you've got to have, just personally, it would be the South Carolina game Yep. from the year prior. And I, I compared it to Eli Drinkwitz. Some similar vibes in this game. I think so. Um, Missouri handles Tennessee, and 
it was a, a coaching landslide in this game. Eli Drinkwitz over Josh Heupel, which is the biggest development to me so far of what I've seen from the Tennessee team, but maybe even Missouri. Missouri has really stepped up, and they've done so much better than what I expected on a competitive nature. And on Saturday against the Vols, it was a, a no-brainer which sideline won the game, and it was the home team for the Tigers. And that would be the, that would be the game that I think Drinkwitz would have circled which would be Tennessee and Heupel. Yeah, we'll get to the Heupel side of this when we get into our betas uh, of the weekend. But uh, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, hats off to him. Yeah, uh, He was an alpha this weekend. Uh, Tennessee tacked on a late touchdown, and that was still when they were having to impress college football playoff committee voters uh, before they lost to South Carolina that following week last year. Um, and they put up a, a bonus touchdown to put up 66 points on them. Tennessee under Josh Heupel had scored 62 on the road in Columbia, and 66 at home against Missouri. And then in year three, they score seven. Seven. The previous low for a Josh Heupel coach team was 13 a year ago against national champion Georgia on the road. Seven points in this game. Drinkwitz was terrific. Uh, he, gets, he loves to talk, and he gets his chance to talk now, and he is talking that talk. He said postgame with CBS, uh, our defense kicked their ass. Today is what happened, and and he's not wrong. Cody Schrader yeah. was unstoppable wow. in this game, yeah. running and catching the ball out of the backfield. Just fun watching. Him. Was terrific for Missouri. Uh, he's a transfer from Division Two Truman State. Tennessee had no answer. Um, it was a sticking with the Drinkwitz part of this. This is a guy who's not had a winning season at Missouri. They are in line to go ten and two now. Uh, it is very much a real possibility with Florida and Arkansas to close out the season. Missouri is the Tennessee of 2023. Tennessee with the surprise 11 and 2 season a year ago. Missouri's got a chance to surprise 11 and 2 season and a New Year's Six bowl game win this year. That's a really good football team. Yeah. They acquitted themselves well against Georgia. They did so a year ago also against Georgia. They seem to play them better than almost anyone else in the SEC. And uh, I was very impressed. Tennessee had no answers for Brady Cook running or throwing also. He was a big factor on third down. Hats off to Eli Drinkwitz, who I, I thought was on the hot seat coming into the season. And he has uh, eliminated doubters with an amazing season for that Missouri well, program. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the comparison to the Vols and not the Gamecocks. Yeah. Because I, I've heard a lot of that. Missouri is this year's version of South Carolina. No, they're not. Because no, they're been, better. They have been consistent from week one. Like, just the, the, whole, the whole vibe with that program is they're showing up and they're winning. And we saw that... South Carolina, to their credit, they won those games at, at the end against Tennessee and Clemson. This is different. This has a different vibe to it. And Saturday, yeah. Saturday again, I, I don't know if Drinkwitz has received the credit of what we've seen at Missouri. It's been a lot of Brady Cook. And, and that's I agree with that. But I also agree that Drinkwitz was great. No, he's Saturday been great. Night. Look, this year, you know, Tennessee a year ago had the Alabama moment, right, where they ended that streak, and Alabama right. was a favorite. And that moment and, was last week. Yeah, and this was sort of their – Tennessee is not Alabama, but this was kind of their Alabama moment. But they could have been Georgia. Tennessee could have been Georgia. They lose at home to LSU also, and I think 49-39 to 39 game. A year ago, Tennessee had that win at LSU and a blowout, and they had the, the Alabama moment. So 11-2 and two can look a little bit different, but 11-2 and two at Missouri – with an SEC yes. schedule, that's damn impressive. So we can make jokes about Eli talking too much over the years and all of that and not having a winning season. They got a winning season this year. 
And that's a really good football team. And I don't see a lot of signs of big drop-off next year for them. So he's got it rolling a bit right now at Missouri. And I, I think this year they clearly are ahead of South Carolina, you know, Kentucky. You put Tennessee on the board there, too. They get Florida this week. They're second-best team in the SEC East in the final year of the conference. It's been a while since Missouri has had a team like that. So Eli Drinkwitz, one of our alphas of the week. Alpha as well. Joshua Dobbs for the second consecutive week. Shows up and, and shows out. 312 passing yards, two touchdowns. And while he had just joined the Vikings last Sunday, yesterday, he didn't even know how to get the locker room. And again, just rolls with that offense. And he soon to have uh, the, the healthiest version of Justin Jefferson back. Can't wait to ask Armando Salguero again if, yeah, he's still, if they're still dead. Uh, every week I said, hey, when they beat the Saints, I'm coming back. Are they still dead with Josh Dobbs at quarterback? Josh Dobbs is the first player in NFL history. 400 yards passing and over 100 yards rushing and zero interceptions in their first two games with the team. That's period. That's with an entire offseason to prepare. That's a rookie quarterback. That's a traded quarterback in the offseason. This dude had no time to prepare. Being, trade, being traded mid-season, his fifth team, different team, six different stop over the course of one calendar year. And he's there in Minnesota. He's making plays. He's got some swagger about him. He's showing off the running ability. He had a beautiful touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson. Also, a nice touch pass over the middle. He's got a good rapport with Hawkinson. They throw to each other in Nashville in the offseason. So Hawkinson's actually caught a lot of footballs from Josh Dobbs before. This is a story that's not over yet. I keep expecting Josh Dobbs to return to the mean a bit. Not happened yet, though, Hutton. That's a big win for them over a decent New Orleans well, Saints I, I team. I mentioned uh, of the stretch of their uh, – because I mentioned Vikings are still in the mix for the playoffs yeah. a couple weeks ago. It was because of their schedule. And their one remaining team of the what, next five weeks – Not I was saying then, not now – was New Orleans at the time of the winning record. It could have changed now. I have to go back and look. Chad, the other thing, uh, Kevin O'Connell. Because you mentioned not having time to prepare. Josh Dobbs didn't have time to prepare um, when he joined the Titans. Didn't have time to prepare all that much – with a new system in Arizona when he was traded from Cleveland, those coaches didn't get this out of him. No. And, and that deserves props for O'Connell. And speaking of coaches, another alpha, D'Amico Ryans. And a back-to-back game-winning drives for C.J. Stroud. And he's in the MVP conversation with a first-time head coach in year number one. D'Amico Ryans is getting it done in Houston for a franchise that hasn't been... They've been rudderless. They, they have not had the leadership from the top down, talking from owner down in years. And D'Amico Ryans comes in as the option for them over Sean Payton. And he's done and worked wonders with this group. There's always a surprise team in the NFL. That's a surprise, you know, top 10, maybe top five team that going into the season, you just didn't see it happening. That is the Houston Texans this year. They're thinking about winning the division now. Yeah. They're very much in play. Already stomped Jacksonville once. They're very much in play to win the AFC South. I'm blown away by Ryan's and his control of this team, by some of the interesting things they're doing offensively with C.J. Stroud and Bobby Slowick as their offensive coordinator has been outstanding in year one. You mentioned the term rudderless. Great way to describe the Texans. That's no longer the case. D'Amico Ryan's. You, sir, are an alpha, and you were showing it right out of the gates with this Houston Texans team. Terrific command 
of that locker room right now, he has them believing C.J. Stroud looks like he is a stud franchise quarterback. He's not just the offensive rookie of the year. He's in the MVP race right now with the way he's playing for the Texans. Yeah, he deserves it. That's how good he's been. Incredible story with the Texans. They are really, really good. Uh, We could give a lot of alphas out on that team. C.J. Stroud's one of them. But we're going with D'Amico Ryan today. And great point on Kevin O'Connell and what he's been able to do with Josh Dobbs in Minnesota. He's doing a terrific job. And Stroud with uh, eight pass pass completions of 20 or more yards yesterday against Cincinnati. He did he had nine of those against Tampa Bay. Um, Josh Heupel leads our betas of the weekend going with field goals. What was the score? He was down, what, 36 to seven? Yeah, I have no idea. This, this is, who is this guy? I, I, I like what Josh, happened to this game? I, I like Josh Heupel, and I like what he has done. And Josh Heupel was a victim of going for it too much in Tuscaloosa. And he yeah. usually has that mindset of, uh, we're scoring. Uh, very calm about it, but let's go. If it's fourth and two or less, they're going and they're trying to score touchdowns every time down. I think Eli Drinkwitz beat him senseless in this game. I don't know what was going on, but when you trot the field goal unit out with seconds left in the game on fourth down, um, 36-7, to seven, Eli Drinkwitz with some gamesmanship rightfully called timeout to ice the kicker, which is pretty funny on the last kick, and Tennessee misses the kick with a kicker who's been good all year. Josh Heupel, that is a beta move, my man. Yes. Uh, th- that's not going to win you any fans it, in doing that. A year ago, you could say it was either beta or alpha, depending on your outlook, to tack on that last touchdown and go over 60 for a second straight year against Eli Drink. This was the opposite of that, just trying to get to double digits, I guess. With a late field goal down 36-7, go for it. Throw into the end zone. Do something, Hand it off and run it and try to get the first down of the touchdown. Do something other than that. This was a top-down, dreadful performance for Tennessee. Their punter was their MVP on this day. It is one that you, you can't just erase from the board and, and forget about immediately. you got to digest it. you got to wear it a little bit. I think Josh Heupel and that staff will wear it. And they're not going to go out of their way to talk bad about. They're they're going to own it, and I think they did post game. But you got to wear this one and move forward. But that was awful, and that was a beta move at the end of that game. No way around it. Chad and I we we discussed a bit about going into the week against their matchup against Georgia this week, and we've we'll give you our thoughts on that a bit later in the week because you're right, it deserves a mention. I, now I think the mindset Saturday. will be different. I don't know Me what too. the final score is going to be. But I think they're going to play differently in that game. Chad, uh, Michigan doesn't play different. They just show up and show out. They maul you. And uh, Sharon Moore uh, mauling to balling uh, postgame against Penn State. Uh, Crying and sobbing and thanking the Lord and then dropping Uh, (laughs) F-bombs. Jim Harbaugh, I love you, Bleak. Kenny Powers and uh, Eli Gemstone rolled up into one with Sharon Moore postgame. Uh, first off, I want to thank the Lord, and I, I bleep and love you, Jim Harbaugh. I, mean, look, I, I like emotion in sports, but this yeah. was just like what the reason behind it is bizarre because uh, if, it is, if it's been so difficult, they're not showing it. They're not showing that after previous games where they're going through all this investigation and all the, the, the behind-the-scenes turmoil. With the program. I mean, and they've, was, coached, they've coached with him before this year. This is where, um, you know, we, we have all these moments in sports where, like, someone has a bad injury. I'm watching Virginia-Louisville Thursday night, and a kid that, you know, is not moving his extremities. 
after a bad hit. And you see the emotion of players in the field and that moment of perspective from coaches, from people calling the game, everything else. You're in a tight back-and-forth game, but people are applauding. You know, when the kid's up on the stretcher or gives a thumbs up, that's where perspective sinks in on life versus sports, right? This is a, an appalling lack of perspective from Sharon Moore. He is acting like Jim Harbaugh's in the hospital when he's giving this postgame remark. He's acting like there was a death on the team. Jim Harbaugh got suspended by his own conference in this deal. Let, let's, let's keep perspective on this. For a cheating ring that you're not denying happened, beta, beta, beta by Sharon Moore postgame with these tears in that weird interview. Well, suspended by his own conference in week 11, suspended by his own university weeks one through three, and self-imposed well, suspension. Final beta, Mac Jones. Enough said. Yeah, he is broken. He's Coming done. Up, that's my quarterback. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Sixth and Peabody Air Location, Yeehaw Beer, and Old Smoky Moonshine resides right here. Massive property in Music City, right downtown. A full city block, this property. Yep. If you're ever in town, right behind the you convention haven't seen center. seen properties and, like this. Uh, it's amazing. The arena. I need to get one of those hats. They have an, an amazing collection of uh, hats here at Old Smoky. Chad, very random here. That was very random, by the uh, way. We go from one I'll, random thing to another. I'll get you a hat. Yeah. I'll, can, you give me, can you pick one out for me? You want me to pick you out? Yeah, yes. Sure. I'll do that. Next break, Hutton is going to pick me out a hat. I will. We're going to put it on this table, and then by the end of the show, I'll be wearing it. I will get you something that I would wear because well, that's what I, we normally do. So I take we, my, we wear the same things practically. I take my daughters to school most mornings early, and I'm not getting up and showering at the hour I take them. So I'm putting on like a sweatshirt and wearing yeah. shorts, and I put a ball cap on to walk because I have to walk my youngest into school. And I keep thinking – I need one of those nice old smoky or yeehaw caps okay. to just put, got you. put in my truck. Everyone knows, well-renowned truck guy over here. Put that cap in my truck. Keep it's it there. Man. Don't think about it. I've got a nice spot for it on the dash. Put that cap there and wear it into school every day. Hutton's going to pick one out for me. Um, I can't wait. Davey can join in this conversation too. Um, how many games would Missouri win in the Big Ten this year? Whew, Big Ten West or East. Um, we can put that in there. I think they would beat Penn uh, they State. They are Missouri in the Big Ten West is just easily the champion of that division this year, wouldn't you say, Davey? Yeah, I, I don't. I was Iowa's their of, biggest competition. I was just trying with to think no of offense teams with a decent offense in the Big Ten, and really, there's only four that come to mind. So, and three of those are really actually, I would say all four of those are more so in the Big Ten East. So, yeah, they would easily win the West, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it would depend on their kind of crossover opponents, right, in the East. They'd have well, to at least draw one win, and, and they couldn't get Michigan and Ohio State at the same time. I, I'm, I'm bringing this up just to make the argument, or, or the I'm preparing the argument for everyone that wants to. Michigan and Ohio State could both be in the playoff this year. 
Yeah. It's, and we're saying, well, it depends on the schedule of Missouri. Think about their schedule and what we've been discussing with Michigan. Again, they're great. But if we're going to start to look behind Florida State right now and we get more of the results coming up tomorrow, I'm curious what the sentiment begins to become with Alabama, Washington, others. Um, Kyler Murray returned. Played pretty well. Yeah, I was and, I was impressed. Yeah, and man, that's a I, I I told I don't remember it was I think it was Davey last week. I thought that Arizona was going to win the game against Atlanta, and they did. I mean, and I thought I didn't think Murray was going to be that good though, and that mobile, quite frankly. Yeah, and he was he was Kyler Murray in a good way. It's also impressive when you think that Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three also dropped, dropped on right? Friday. Yeah. 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 So he's playing that today. Uh, you've 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 piqued my interest with this Missouri in the Big Ten. Yeah. Big Ten West deal. Yeah. I just pulled up Nebraska's schedule. Oh. Okay. Okay. You guys tell me what Missouri's doing with this schedule. This what? is a, this is a Big Ten West schedule. They're winning because they we know that. Hey, we know the schedule they have right now. Yeah. And they're winning. Um, at Minnesota, win. Michigan at home, loss. 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 At Illinois. Win. Northwestern at home. Easy win. Purdue at home. Easy win. At Michigan State. Easy win. Maryland at home. Win. It's a win. At Easy Wisconsin. Win. They're, win. They're terrible right Iowa now. at home. Iowa currently 22nd in the country. Iowa at home. Hit the under, too. So, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule that their non-conference would feature a game at Colorado <laughs> early, which would have been tough. Uh, they're hosting a college football playoff game Yeah, they're 11-1. I mean, they're going to be 10-2, and two, I think, with this schedule. No, I'm saying they're hosting a game next year. Oh, they're eleven and one with a ch- outside champ. I mean, they're playing they're Ohio playing. State or Michigan in the Big Ten championship for a spot in the playoff. Yep, isn't that crazy? The Big but Ten West this, is I, so damn bad. It's atrocious. It, it is so. I, it is. And a, that's the tiebreaker for Penn it State. It is a correct? crime to or think have this is this is the, if it's the Big Two guys, SEC and Big Ten, and one of the divisions of the Big Two is this horrifically bad but, is a crime. When but, you say this, this makes me think the Big Ten can't get two teams in if Michigan or Ohio State loses. Well, it, de- it depends how the game. It's not if you lose, it's how you lose. And, you know, it, it. where is Ohio State tomorrow? And if they lose to Michigan, what's the score? How does it come about? You know? Yeah, it's a, and and then how far do they drop? Based uh, there's going to be craziness and a I mean, ton I, of debate this year. And I, I think the conference title games mean much more, but there will I think there will be one team who's sitting right there that isn't playing on conference championship Saturday, and they can make a case. And the case would be made against whoever you're competing against, Michigan or Ohio State, and the, the loser of that game based on the schedule. I just want to go quickly back to just how bad the Big Ten West is. Hutton, I think you take it a step further. I think if you gave Tennessee, Kentucky, or Florida Nebraska's schedule, they might win the Big Ten West. I think Tennessee would. I think Kentucky could. I think Florida might. So I think all those teams might just lose to Michigan correct. if they had that schedule. I believe we uh, – That's how bad that – tiebreaker. That's not a big compliment to those other pro- – That's how bad the Big Ten West is. Had Penn State split and all of uh, – Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan were all 10 and – or what, yeah, 11 and 1. Would they would have the tiebreaker to go to the Big Tw- Big Ten championship game because of their record against the West opponents? Didn't we hear that from someone earlier this year? And that would have been 
and I believe that's Bobby Carpenter, that would have been, again, inflated based on what we know now of the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about how bad, how bad it's been. It's time for That's My Quarterback. It's my quarterback. Let's hear them, Davey. All right, guys. I was about to say, where'd the sunglasses go? Oh, there they are, magically appearing. It's incredible. It was a historic day in the NFL when you look at game-winning field goals. We had a record five games end with a game-winning field goal. And so, leads me to my first question. In getting that W, which game-winning drive, which quarterback had the best performance? I think it's Deshaun Watson. I think it's because of the opponent. Uh, I did not see a breakout performance from Watson coming against that Ravens defense on the road. Uh, the way he played in that game. He had two big, long drives late in that game. And scoring more than 30 points against that defense and coming through in the clutch, that's a $230 million guaranteed quarterback. That, that, that's the Deshaun Watson, the Browns signed to that record deal uh, of guaranteed money. He was great. In the and second I was, half. I was most impressed with him of all the game-winning drives yesterday. Chad, you're, I like the answer because at one point, and it may be the final, he was 16 of 16 in the second half. He was awful in the first half. And he turned it around and ends up having the game when he drive. I'm going with C.J. Stroud, though. Because in back-to-back weeks, we have now seen, with limited time, and he had far far more options this, this past Sunday than he did the week ago against Tampa, where he had 46 seconds. It took him 40. Um, does it again. Back-to-back weeks, game-winning drives offensively. And, and his stat line is incredible. 356 passing yards yesterday. He's got a touchdown pass. He ran for another. And when you consider where where the Texans were, not even, what, 10 months ago now, they were right there where they they won a game and they actually hurt themselves. They lost to Chicago. They could have had the number one pick again in the draft this past year. And now and they would have ended up with Bryce Young. They ended up with C.J. Stroud. And the game-winning drive here, and I, the reason I put him number one over Watson, we're talking about Stroud again this week, and he's in the MVP conversation, not just rookie of the year conversation. That game-winning drive does more than just give the Texans a win. It puts them a game behind the Jags because the Jags got boat raced by San Francisco, and he does it again against Cincinnati, who is also on the ropes, needing to keep pace in what is an incredible division of the AFC North. Baltimore and Cincy lose. Pittsburgh gets a massive victory against Green Bay, and Cleveland with a big drive as well. But I think it's the drive of Stroud because Stroud's going to end up putting the Texans right there in the mix to win a division his rookie season, and no one saw this coming. I'd also say for Stroud that having or the Texans having that win over the Bengals, I think, will actually loom very large whenever we get to the seeding of the playoffs. Hey, uh, Geno Smith, let's just mention Geno and how quickly they move the football too, just for to throw him in the mix. Um, yeah, he was was a, he's, a, he's a third option for me in answering this, but... DK Metcalf was big oh, on that yeah. drive. Yes. All right, guys. Well, for our next one, send some help. This is a quarterback that you think would be successful if he had better weapons slash skill players around him. Chad, I'll start this real quick. Uh, I, I, my answer is Joshua Dobbs. Justin Jefferson, he's getting that guy back. And keep in mind, they're going to address more of the run game this offseason. And we're finally seeing Joshua Dobbs with help around him. Skill position and help. Skill position, he's getting the best receiver in football back. And he's got the coach. 
I can't wait to see if he can sustain this level of success, consistency, because all the, all the movement, how many teams now? Seven? Uh, His seventh roster? Six, six different stops in the last year, five different teams. He was with the Browns two different times over the last year. Seven teams total, I think, out in yes, his career. Yes, yes. And what he's done in the last 12 months. Because you're adding Pittsburgh and Jacksonville other than the last that's year. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to see him have a chance. And in Minnesota, they've got – they have the thoroughbreds on offense where if he's just consistent and protects it, he'll be okay. I'm going to go uh, – I have no real evidence in the NFL to prove this point, but I still think Bryce Young is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. I saw it at Alabama. That supporting cast is terrible. Adam Thielen is his best pass catcher right now, and this is not vintage Adam Thielen. He's getting with the Panthers. I think he's going to be better when they get better players around him. And keep in mind, too, like everyone's saying, oh, they, they made the wrong pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was outplayed by Mac Jones his rookie season. Yeah. You know, that you, you have time. You don't have much time, and it's not ideal to have to switch coaches after a rookie year, but you, you have – you do get the benefit of the doubt in your rookie season because most of the time you're not going into a great situation. And Bryce Young's not there. We didn't think C.J. Stroud was initially because they were changing coaches too. But now he's paired up with a young coach and a young coordinator. Meanwhile, Bryce Young is with Frank Reich. And who knows what happens there. I saw a graphic before this weekend. It was touchdowns that Bryce Young's thrown the most to or players that he's thrown the most touchdowns to. And there were four guys on the list. And I think Adam Thielen had three. But then it, with two, you had D.J. Chark and Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is a defensive back for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that's tough. So that's it's, tough. It's, it's been rough for him as far as looking at that surrounding cast. Guys, and then moving on, talking about the skilled players, the weapons around you, but what about the offensive line? So someone please block. This quarterback just desperately needs no line in order to be successful. I think it's any quarterback playing for the Tennessee Titans, whether that be Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill. It's probably going to be Ryan Tannehill again when Will Levis uh, inevitably gets injured behind this line. Vita Vea, who's a very good player, oh. uh, beats Andre Dillard, I mean, in record time. Uh, you could have done like a basketball screen in front of someone and, and bought more time for a quarterback with no hands used than what he did in, in this game yesterday. That, that offensive line is one of the worst groups that I've, I've ever seen here in Nashville with this Titans team, and awful for whoever's playing quarterback behind him. So, Hutton, give me any Titans quarterback for someone who could desperately use better line play. Yeah, Vita Vey, uh, that would have been a charge in basketball, what yeah, we yeah, saw. Yeah, Called for a charge. And a poor charge taken, too. Probably uh, would have called a block on him also. To me, this is this is pretty easy considering the numbers here. Uh, the Titans quarterbacks have been sacked 33 times. Sam Howell has been sacked 47 times. If Washington can have any semblance of an offensive line, he he lay, he led a great drive to take the lead uh, in Seattle yesterday. Um, I mean, forty sacks through seven games, and now up to forty-seven through nine. Good luck with any quarterback that's behind that front right now with the Commanders. Do you think the Commanders stick with Hal for next year? I think he's shown he can be the guy. Yeah. Um, the, qu- the question is, does Bill Belichick want him? Because yeah, he's going to be the next commander's quarter- yes. uh, coach. He's, he struggled with uh, picking his quarterbacks yeah, post-Tom yeah. Brady. They may trade for Bailey Zappi based on what we saw yesterday. Yeah. Or, or you know what, Davey? I trade him and go – it depends where they're drafting, but they're winning enough to where 
It's like kind of what they did last year. They surprised people, and they're kind of around 500, even though you can't go 500 now. But they didn't they because they t- then they tied last year. That someone else that was Indy, I believe, who tied. Oh, the old tie. We love a good tie. Plenty of quarterback questions in the NFL. We've got headlines next with the Patriots.